Hey, Lauren, do you want to hear about a good deal? Why, yes, Mason, I would love to. Good, because I have a deal with your name on it. Tell me more! Well, in that case, GoDaddy.com is offering the best deals of a lifetime. For only $3.59 a month for a year, you can get GoDaddy.com's economy package. Amazing! What do I get with the economy package? You get 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts. You can get your website up and running. I can? Yeah. When you check out, enter code MUGGLE. That's M-U-G-G-L-E. And save 10% on any order. Can you spell that again? Yeah, I can. That's M-U-G-G-L-E. Wow. Do any restrictions apply? Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. This is Professor McGonagall welcoming you to all to Mugglecast, hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce Mugglecast to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Because Voldemort chose midnight by looking at his watch, this... You have proved yourself useful these past few months. What did you just say? I confess myself disappointed. Yeah, I bet you do. This is MuggleCast, episode 147, for June 1st, 2008. Alright, after taking a week off, we are back! Whoa! We're going to start the show with an email... It comes from Mike28 of Federal Way, Washington. He writes, Hi, MuggleCast. I love your podcast and think you guys do a great job every week. I have an idea for an old segment that you can update for today's modern MuggleCaster. Spy on Shane! We want to know what Ben Shane is up to and why he's not on the show. Just like in the old days when you'd bug Sparts, I think you should bug Ben. Maybe he can give us a butterbeer. Again, you guys are awesome. Laura's my favorite, but Matt is becoming a close second. Uh, what, what now, Laura? I'm coming up next Hey, to now! You. <laughs> <laughs> Matt actually just did a little dance. Too, while he said that, it was kind of creepy. You know, well, I agree. Um, wait, wait, what's I, I, this person's name? What? Mike? Mike? Mike, I'm very disappointed in you, Mike. Oh, why? Uh, <laughs> how can you even compare Matt? I mean, just. You, you, know. can, you oh. can't compare Matt, but you can compare Matt with someone else. So it's a good thing that Ben is joining us again this week. Hey, Ben. Hey, guys. Oh, wow. <gasps> there he is. After a, yet another long hiatus, I know I keep doing this. I'm saying to be on, and then I never am on. I'm sorry. And Broken promises, broken hearts, and blame me. Broken dreams. But, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to talk to you guys again and, you know, see what's up with this Harry Potter business. A lot. Is a lot on. has gone on. No, a lot has gone on. Harry Potter is far from over. But anyway, we got a great show today, so we'll get right to it. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And I'm Matthew B.
we took a week off, and we're back, and of course we have a lot of news to discuss. And uh, Micah, you want to update us what's been going on in the news? Sure. Um, ben, <laughs> well, Ben, are you aware that we've completely changed the news? And I feel like you have to at least do an an old version of how you used to uh, make fun of me. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean? Uh, thanks, Andrew. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, that was it. Good job. So, so is the, is the biggest news item that Andrew moved to Southern California? Is that because that's what I feel like is big news? Well, thanks, Ben. That's, that's all really he ever talks about. That's why. Well, he's there now, so he can stop talking about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finally, it's very, very <laughs> exciting, though. It's very exciting, though. So how uh, did so the news change? How's it different now? Well, now Micah will just talk about. Well, instead of just reading all the news at once, he will introduce each item and then we'll discuss it. Oh, I see. So there's no longer. Yeah, so. So what what happened to the the old MuggleCast news studio, the the one in New York? It's it's still there. He's just he's just doesn't record all at once from it. But anyway, okay, just um, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to start with some sad news, Micah. Yeah, very sad news. Um, last I believe it was Saturday here in the U.S. Uh, we got news that Rob Knox, who was set to play, or actually I believe did record the part of Marcus Belby in Half-Blood Prince was fatally stabbed um, in a street fight in London. And uh, this got a lot of press, both um, obviously in the UK and then here in the US as well. And uh, I see that you made the point here, Andrew, that a lot of the story headlines were misleading. And yeah. I'm guessing that you're yes, saying that were. because it, it made it to seem as if the, I don't know, what, what was the point? Of- well, the, the the headlines were young Potter actor stabbed to death. Yeah, and when you read that, it's like young Potter actor, young Harry Potter actor, D- Dan yeah. Radcliffe. It's just, it's you know, very misleading. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the role that he played doesn't um, lessen the impact of this terrible incident, but you are definitely right. I remember when Micah actually linked the article to me and the top menu bar loaded before the rest of the page, Mm -hmm. I thought that something had happened to one of the main three. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely was um, really tricky the way they publicized it. Well, they did Um, that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they did did too. So, I mean, it still doesn't take away from the fact that this is very sad news, obviously, and um, our thoughts are with his family. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. But in happier news, Sorcerer's Stone is being re-released. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow, that was a great transition. (laughs) Is this an attempt to to cash in? I mean, you're re-releasing Sorcerer's Stone, I understand it's the 10th anniversary but, I mean, really, do we really need another version of Sorcerer's Stone? Is this just going to keep happening with all the other books? You know, okay, well, it's 10 years since Chamber of Secrets was released, 10 years since Prisoner of Azkaban was released. I mean, do we really need to do this? Are, are we that far removed from Book 7 already that we have to start creating special versions of all these books? Well, I think there's a good reason to recreate Sorcerer's Stone because it was the first one. But yeah, that, that's a good point. I don't know if they would actually recreate all seven because 
Uh, that would like is is Mary Grand Prix gonna recreate all seven covers? That'd be cool. I mean, but- I, mean I don't see why not. Why not? Why wouldn't they milk it for all it's worth? Yeah, yeah, I think they will. Though I, I have to say, I wasn't overly impressed with the new cover art. I wasn't either, Laura. You did? Oh, I love the I love this Richard Stone cover art. This new one, Harry's so cute. I'm sorry, but I have to say, <laughs> oh, but hasn't anyone? Oh, but this my. is not exactly a new scene that that Mary Grand Prix has drawn. She, oh. she's drawn the same exact scene um, before. Matt actually pointed out he linked me to it, and we'll link. To we'll link uh, everyone to it in the show notes, but yeah, Mary Grand Prix already created drew the scene. It's just from a different angle, and like Harry's in the same exact pose and everything. It's interesting, mm-hmm. and and he's wearing different clothes too. It's yeah, just, it's the, the same. only difference is he's wearing clothes, right? yeah, and a different angle. But I, 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 I kind of wish that she noting. drew like a different kind of scene that she hasn't done before. Yeah. Maybe something new for the fans to kind of see a scene that they never saw drawn before or something. Well, and the price on these uh, books is very steep too. Didn't I see that it was going to be something like thirty dollars? Yeah, I don't thirty. Well, <laughs> it, let's see. What, what does it come with? It has a. Uh, does it have a special? Introduction by J.K. Rowling or something, I believe. It's going to be released on the 23rd, costs $30. September 23rd. Yeah, September 23rd, sorry. Um, But I I think you're right, Andrew. I think there was something um, exclusive bonus material from J.K. Rowling. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I think this is exciting. I'm a really big fan of the cover. I think Carrie looks really cute, I have to be honest. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Is everyone going to buy it? $30? Thirty dollars? No. No? Oh. Oh. I know. I'm such a dissenter. I, I, you know, I just can't help it. Well, I would, I would probably buy it if they have like the whole series redrawn or something. But just for the f- one book that I already have like three copies of already. Yeah. Ben, will you buy it? Uh, probably. I mean, I really like would like to know what the bonus material is that they're talking about. I'm sure it's something cool, but I don't know if it's worth thirty dollars. I mean, it, well, now yeah. I have a question. Does that's not do thinking a shot profits, anything. I'm just saying it's the same book. <laughs> uh, do yeah. any of the profits go towards a charity or anything? I don't think that's been said actually. Because I then I would be so. inclined to buy it if I thought that there was a certain amount of the profits going to a good cause. Yeah, but it, yeah, it doesn't say anything about that in the uh, news release. But you never know. Uh, somewhere down the line, it might. But to me, this seems more like a move by Scholastic than it is by. J.K. Rowling, and usually when it's by oh, yeah. J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. it's for charity as opposed to you know the book company who's probably just looking to make some money off of it. And I, I, you're right, thirty bucks is is a lot of money to pay for this, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'd on be other inclined hand, to though, buy it I mean, yeah. On the other, you do have to keep in mind though that J.K. Rowling is adding something to this book, so she can't be completely against it. You know, right. well, but right. it's also it's a it's a hardcover edition, right? So maybe thirty bucks isn't that much. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, it's, and basically, I think it's just car- sort of like um, you know, a little refresh from an old friend or something. Yeah. It's from the first series of the books. What else is in the news, Micah? Well, speaking of J.K. Rowling, uh, we learned uh, that she's going to be or has already written a, a little bit of a prequel to the Harry Potter series. It's going to be auctioned off by Waterstones and uh, everybody got all excited because it's it was, everyone thought or at least when you first told me about this Andrew I thought that she actually wrote another story but in fact mm-hmm. it's just an 800 word outline of something having to do with the Marauders and 
I don't know. Again, is this really that exciting? I mean, are yeah. people jumping up and down about this? Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know. I, I mean, at this point, I feel like I feel like we're just kind of you know searching for stuff to talk about. I mean, in terms of news, it's like searching for new news. You know. Yeah. And I, I think I think we're Harry Potter fans get excited about trailers, get excited about everything. So I'm sure a, a lot a lot of people are visiting the site, and a lot of people listening to this definitely find this exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm personally excited about this. I yeah, mean, me you know, it's 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 a new Harry Potter story. What's 800 words? So that's like two pages, right? Well, they said it's it's the front and back right. of a yeah. of a card, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like an A4 sized card. I think it's pretty standard paper. Um 800 words is a good amount if you're typing that up. I mean, we've all been there with the 800 word reports or the 1000 word reports. Sometimes it could be a bit of a bit of a stretch. Well, I think it's and definitely be worth a read anyway since you know, well, yeah, of course. J.K. Rowling is has given the time to actually write written a story yeah. from her series. I mean, I think it's a good move. I think it's something that's going to be interesting, but I really don't know how excited I'm going to be about it. I mean, yeah. Well, it is a story of the Marauders, James and Sirius, I believe. So, yeah. Th- set 3 years before Harry's birth, mm-hmm. right, Laura? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that'd be kind of interesting to see. It's probably something they were in school with together just to see a little more of James and Sirius's relationship when they were younger. Mm-hmm. It's all for charity, too. So It's all for... Yeah, there you go. J- and J.K. Rowling said herself that she knew that uh, writing a something related to Harry Potter would sell the best. So, smart move by her. Good yep. girl. And then they're and available, said, aren't they? Yeah, you're going to be able to buy them um online you can pre-order them now and it comes with joe's story and the stories of the 12 12 other authors all participating in the story card um charity sponsored by waterstone so will the money go to charity from the book purchase as well or just from the auction of the actual no no from the book purchase too okay so yeah it's going to um, the English Pen and Dyslexia Action Charities. So, there you go. Good for them. Ooh, yeah, good mm. for them is right. God, how exciting must that have been? That's going to sell like crazy. What else is going on? You uh, you put this thing up here about Supercon down in Florida this past Supercon! week. Supercon! <laughs> so, uh, a few of the uh, Harry Potter actors were in attendance, including uh, Natalia Tena and Devin Murray as well as a few others. And uh, the big news out of uh, Supercon was that none of them have read Deathly Hollows. <gasps> really? Uh, wow. Is anyone really that shocked? I, I, Mike, I got to disagree with you. I don't even think that's the biggest news. The biggest news is that Hugh Mitchell has long, wavy hair and oh. looks like a rock star now. <laughs> he used to be innocent I didn't, Colin Creevy. I and honestly, like, I didn't read that story. I just kind of took it off of what you put here, so I apologize. Well, if you, if, it's okay. If you look at the picture, um, you, you'll see Hugh Mitchell. He's changed so much. It's kind of crazy. He's towering over everyone, too. He's really tall. Yeah, you know, a few years. Does a lot to you. They haven't read the last book. I think that it's not the end of the world. I think some there, no. there do exist people who haven't read Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, they, they missed out. Obviously, they they don't know what they're missing. But yeah, a lot of people in the in the comments have been saying, "Well, you know, you would expect them to have read the books that they're going to be in." I, I guess mostly uh, Natalie Tena and Devin Murray. 
Um, Hugh Mitchell's done with Potter, it seems, although he does uh, appear in the seventh book, so. Yeah, well, he dies. Yeah, so. I don't know. What yeah. else is going on, Micah? It was it was pretty busy. I mean, it's only been busy because we've uh, we've been gone, gone for, for two weeks. weeks here. Yeah. Um, John Hurt, who played uh, Ollivander in the first Harry Potter movie, um, he spoke with the Sun earlier this week, and he said uh, that although nothing was uh, going on for Half Blood Prince, that he might be spending some more time around the Harry Potter set for the next one. Mm-hmm. What a tease. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's exciting. And uh, Matt uh, mentioned this a few weeks ago. I think we were talking about it on the show a few weeks ago that one of John Hurt's going to be back. And here's a little thing from him. Yeah, I thought so, that right. was really weird. You were Matt was talking about it, and then we got this article. So, I don't know. Well, uh, he listens to the podcast. I didn't bring that up when we were talking oh, about Oh, really? That. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that explains a lot. Cool. Yeah, no, he has a MuggleCast t-shirt. He's uh, He told me he's wearing it for National MuggleCast t-shirt day, so... Sweet. On June second. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. Hopefully, he takes a picture and sends it in. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really excited that, that he's actually he actually announced that he will be back, which just you know confirms that they're, they're going to have that big scene between Harry and Ollivander in Half-Life, Oh yeah, that's or right. Deathly Hollows. Yeah. And then uh, finally, you know, I always love talking about this. This is my favorite <laughs> news discussion topic. <laughs> Pictures. <laughs> Yay! From Half-Blood Prince. Does anybody care? I mean, yeah, really. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you care? I don't care. I want to see a trailer. I don't give what, a... Oh, come on. Pictures used to be very exciting things back in the day. Are they, are they just not what they yeah, used to be? Yeah, back in the 1950s, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. They're, they're exciting. They're exciting... A year ago, the last yeah. film. You're, well, the problem. Yeah, I still think they're exciting. Micah, pictures think, can be definitely be exciting. Micah, I think you'd be excited for this picture if they already had the teaser out. I think you're just bitter that they haven't released it yet. There's keeping you know, you in I don't think we're getting it. Oh no, no, we'll, we'll get it probably about a week before the movie gets released or somewhere yeah, around. Yeah, there. teaser right before it comes out. Yeah. No. Um. Well, okay, here's my thing with these leaked pictures. I've talked about it before. I won't spend more time on it again this week. But they've been coming out every Friday. For the past three weeks, there's been a new leaked, uh, small leaked Half-Blood Prince photo. And it's just like, okay, it's not, you know, it's... We're not kind stupid. Of, it's kind of stupid. Yeah. Hey, who else would be behind... Like, okay, maybe there's someone inside WB... Uh, you know, leaking these and WB doesn't know about it. But then when WB ask us, when WB ask us to take these pictures down, it just doesn't make sense. But this new one that just came up on Friday is a nice picture of Snape, Draco, and Phil Jolson uh, are all standing in uh, Slughorn's party, and I think it's a nice picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great. Picture. I'm gonna tag him on Facebook. I-, I like it. Sorry, Micah. It's kind of boring, though. How come we're getting all these pictures where there's really nothing really going on? There's no action. They're just standing there. Those are locked away in a vault where someone can't actually leak the pictures, I Maybe guess. that's why we don't have a trailer yet. Maybe something's gone terribly wrong with all the action scenes. CGI. <laughs> <laughs> the CGI the special is Special effects. That's, oh, my God, Laura. That's a great theory. The special effects department is, like, on strike or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that does it for news this week. Um, moving on to announcements. Matt was just checking Podcast Alley, and we're number one this week, right? We are still number one. Well, let me check. Woo! 
I so, checked last night, but I didn't thank check you today. for voting for us. And uh, you know, it is MuggleCast May. Well, actually, now it's MuggleCast Moon. June. So make sure uh, to get your vote in because any Ben. What we've been doing is we encourage the listeners. We have to be number one um, on Podcast Alley each month that starts with M. So you know, MuggleCast March, MuggleCast April, MuggleCast Moon. Now, now it's so. like Majune. Majune. So. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for voting this for us. This is also the time that the other podcasts like to get voters to go out and vote right before the month ends, so it looks like they were up top for the entire month. Do you mm-hmm. notice they did that to us last month? Yeah. yeah. But they, yeah. They, they won us by, like, five votes the last hour. Not cool. Um, so not And also, right. MuggleCast t-shirt day is June 2nd. That is um, Monday. So make sure you wear your MuggleCast t-shirt. If you don't have one, if you didn't buy one when we were selling them, unfortunately, we can't sell them anymore. But if you do have one, make sure you wear it. If you if you weren't able to buy one, create your own. Take a picture of yourself wearing it somewhere out in public and send it on into Andrew at staff.mugglenet.com and put um, t-shirt day in the subject and then in the subject line. And uh, we'll create a little gallery so everyone can see everyone showing their MuggleCast pride. And we have to do that, right? Well, you got like five. Well, I hope you do. We have to take the pictures of ourselves. Well, you know, have someone take a picture. I mean, unless you're not a loser and have friends. Yeah, but but we already have uh, pictures of ourselves (laughs) in our shirts. Okay, can't we just be lazy and pull them off Facebook? Sure, Laura. Yeah. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Take a new picture. Make Matt happy. All all I wear is Muggle Cast T-shirts, so. Me too. All you wear is MuggleNet t-shirts, Ben. I've been wearing the No City is Safe t-shirt every day. Seriously. Really? At, uh, I lived at Emerson's house, you know, and uh, yeah. in the basement at Emerson's, there would be just like boxes filled with those t-shirts we left there over the summer. And so whenever mm-hmm. so whenever I ran out of laundry, I would just go down there and I'd grab a huge <laughs> stack of t-shirts <laughs> and take it up to my room and I would just have a big pile of MuggleCast t-shirts in the corner. But they're so comfortable, though. I wish we could sell them because they're so comfortable. It's very they're, they're definitely worth buying. Word has it that um, if you attend Portis, you'll be uh, treated to a new MuggleCast Portis t-shirt. Mm-hmm. MuggleCast what t-shirt? MuggleCast Live at Portis. Ooh. Yeah, that's not nice. in the works now. Anyway, let's move no on to city Muggle is Mail safe. this week. No city is safe. Correct. Well, this one may have a better. I was thinking for the the Porter shirts, it could say um, theories are every theory is bigger in Texas, or each theory uh, theories yeah. are bigger in Texas, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Anyway, let's move on to Muggle Mail this week. Laura, you want to take the first one? Sure. Our first Muggle Mail comes from Helen, twenty five of Hinsdale, Illinois. She says, "Hey, Muggle Casters, I love the show. I have a correction of a correction." Someone emailed in last week, I think her name was Danielle, about Trelawney and Malfoy in the Room of Requirement. She said that the reason everything went dark when Trelawney entered the room was because Malfoy didn't want her there, and so the room threw her out. In fact, Malfoy used the Peruvian instant darkness powder that he bought from the Weasley's Wizard Wheezes to blind Trelawney and throw her out himself. He could still see because he had his Hand of Glory, which gives light only to the holder. He used the same tactic when the DA were stalking out of the room on Harry's orders a little while later. Malfoy used the last of his darkness powder to blind them and leave the Death Eaters through and into the school. So there you go. So when we had a rebuttal last week or two weeks ago that actually created a little more controversy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it takes some real 
real skill to, to uh, catch a correction of a correction, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> takes some real well, it skill. Takes, it takes some real stupidity on our end to put in an email mm-hmm. that was incorrect. Yeah, who, who, who did that? Yeah. Who did that? They it should be fired. Producer, it was, it was, it was Andrew. Andrew, but one of us, <laughs> but one of us read it. It wasn't. Give him a break. He's done like 150 of these. Okay. Yeah. Poor guy. Oh, look at ben sticking up for me for once. Uh, the next one comes from Molly S. 17 of Schenectady, New York. We have again. a lot of fans. Hey, like, say that in, again. Uh, Schenectady. Okay. Cool. We we have a lot of fans <laughs> there, don't we? We do, apparently. Area code or zip code one two three four five, right? Correct. Yeah, that's so that's so cool. Anyway, uh, in response to chapter by chapter in episode one forty six, where you're talking about passwords to the various common rooms, the common rooms are not only password protected, but the only only the members of that house know the exact location. In Chamber of Secrets, when Harry and Ron were looking to get into the Slytherin common room to interrogate Malfoy, they did not really know where the entrance was. Also in Deathly Hollows in chapter 22, maybe 23, Fenrir Greyback asks the trio where the Slytherin common room is. He also says that most people they ask don't know where it is located. The only reason that Harry has a much better idea of where all the common rooms are is that he can see where students of various houses disappear on the Marauder's map. Another important thing is that all the guards of the houses, i.e. Fat Lady, can see who they're letting in. They may not say anything to random people that are not looking to enter the common room. Love the show, especially chapter by chapter, Molly. Aw, thanks, Molly. So that was kind of a correction of a correction, too, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. but it's in addition to what we were talking about. I don't... The locations... I mean, I have a hard time believing that so many... Like, I would think the majority of students know where the locations of each of the houses are. I mean, you would overhear it at some point in your seven years of being there. That, that's like that's like, like going oh, to yeah. college and not knowing where one of the dorms is, I think. Yeah, right, right. exactly. Yeah. And also, Harry knew so much about the Slytherin Common Room because he'd been there. Mm-hmm. So right. He was a rebel. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think the whole house thing is pretty interesting in terms of security and all that. Mm-hmm. But next email, Ben? Final one for today. Lizzie, age 15 from England, has emailed us regarding recording in cinemas, and she writes, I was just listening to MuggleCast 146. I was completely horrified to hear a listener challenge that would involve breaking the law as recording within cinemas is illegal. (laughs) Uh, One of you mentioned (laughs) this, but this was waved off. Please don't do this again. It is a bad influence from a wonderful podcast. Lizzie. You know what? Lizzie, I'd like to thank you. That's actually why I came on this week was because I, I realized that Andrew was using the podcast for bad influence and I said decided I had to put a stop to it. So that's why I'm back and I'll make sure that Andrew's kept in line. And Do you need to give me a butterbeer? I'll add a butterbeer. So, okay, (laughs) about this, just real quick, um, we did this with Order of the Phoenix, and we didn't get many complaints. We got a few complaints this time, and I just want to say that do it if you want to. If you're unsure, if you think you'll get caught, if you know, we're not responsible for anyone getting caught. We did it with Order of the Phoenix. There were no issues or anything that went wrong. Um, not to say that, that it couldn't go wrong with Apple. But, but, but Andrew, it's just a fun little thing. But Andrew, you, you would get in tr- Hold on, you would get in trouble for recording the movie. Don't record the movie you're seeing the trailer with. It's just at the end of the trailer, I record a quick five second you, thing. You don't even have to record the whole trailer. Yeah, and if you're unsure, don't do it. Please don't do it. The bottom line is it's breaking the law. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, thanks, Ben. Like, I just really wouldn't encourage it. I mean, unless you're a real rebel, unless you want to show that you really like Muggle Cast. I mean, if you really like Muggle Cast, you do it. <laughs> but uh, I'm just kidding. Geez. I'm just kidding. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not funny. All right, I quit. No, uh, oh, Ben. All right. Well, it's time to move on to chapter by chapter. This week, we're going to be discussing chapter 31, the Battle of Hogwarts. What an exciting chapter. Yeah. It's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the chapter opens as the entire school is being gathered in the Great Hall. Um, and throughout the chapter, Harry is basically running around trying to figure out where the Diadem of Rowena Ravenclaw is. Uh, at this During this chapter, Ron and Hermione have also gone missing, and he really can't decide where they've gone to. And in the meanwhile, the battle has begun, and they only have until midnight to either decide on a battle plan or hand Harry over to Voldemort. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> so, as as was previously stated, the entire school has been gathered into the Great Hall, and Professor McGonagall essentially tells everybody that all underage students have to be evacuated, but if you are of age, you can stay and fight. And I thought this scene was kind of funny because it talked about how um, the entire Slytherin table left and that there were um, remnants of students left among the other three houses, but she had to come and shoo away like half of the underage students from Gryffindor because yeah. they wouldn't leave. And I just thought that was really great. And I'm, I wonder how they're going to handle that in the movie because you know sometimes they haven't paid that much attention to the age restrictions in the films yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i wonder well, how many people will actually stay this is also very telling of a gryffindor too and i mean i guess that's the point you were getting at yeah just that griffin so many gryffindors would stay behind even though they were underage one of the slytherin students asked uh, professor mcgonagall where snape is and um professor mcgonagall um, replies that um snape has uh for uh for a common phrase done a bunk and, i didn't even know what this meant. yeah i didn't know what it was yeah, yeah. that's why I, I looked it up and it's it's um english slang for leaving without permission oh well, thanks. good good for looking that up mm-hmm. well see i have the the uk version though is, is that in the u.s version too yeah, yeah it is how does that even relate though like you but like a bunker like you're like hiding in a bunker i don't know i don't know I, they, they just have yeah. weird phrases for things i don't know yeah, yeah, they are pretty weird over there. Sorry yeah, in advance. Because we don't have any weird phrases over here. No, we no we don't. Like bucks. Matt Ben always used to be upset when I would say bucks instead of like dollars. Oh really? Right, ben? No, that Remember that ben, wasn't why. No, that's not even what it was at all. Because you said cash. You said cash. It wasn't bucks. Who says cash? I say cash. People on the East Coast, civilized people say cash. No, it wasn't like that at all. You guys wouldn't understand. You have to be around and hear right. him say it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, whatever. I still say it. It would like it would like slither up your back the way you said it and like make you <laughs> oh, brother. Make you shake. I swear. Sorry, like speaking parcel tongue? That was just a cash. Cash. Anyway. Um so next what happens is they hear Voldemort. He can, as Hagrid says later on, you could hear his voice all the way up from the cave he was hiding in. And um he says he, he issues this ultimatum, issue Harry Potter by midnight, and um, he said if they do give give Harry Potter to Voldemort, they will be rewarded. And uh, did, did this mean rewarded with their lives, or was Voldemort going to give them all like, like a souvenir from the event? Like, I survived Voldemort's attacks on Hogwarts. Shirt. Actually, he was going to bake them all cookies. 
I Aww, think, and so give them little that's... gold stars. So no, I think you... he was. I mean, obviously, I think he was lying. Yeah, I mean, well, basically, I mean, ha- most of the students who are going to be stopping and fighting are are mostly half bloods or mud bloods who aren't really going to get any mercy from Voldemort anyway. And but but does does Voldemort really think? kids would fall for the, you know, teasing them with the reward. Like, oh my god, a reward! Well, he's threatening them with their lives right now. I mean, I, I don't think that... I mean, n- not kids or adults, they, they don't think very straight sometimes when their life is being threatened that, you know, forcefully. Well, and I also think Voldemort's trying to threaten them in a very utilitarian way, just in saying, if you give me this one person, you will all live. But if you don't give him to me, you will all die. But we believe him anyways, you know? though. No, they mm. shouldn't, but... I can see why he would try to use that tactic. I mean, b- yeah. bottom line I, I is is if he wants to kill them all, he's probably going to kill them all. They have, yeah. If they give if they give away Harry, that's their only hope. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. I don't even think he really cares if they do give him up or not because he knows he's just going to go in there and kick the crap out of everyone who's inside. But he didn't. Also, Voldemort says by midnight, and, and it reminded me of you know the very Cinderella Cinderella ish. You know what what was the thing? If you, know, you wear the thing by midnight, you turn into a pumpkin or. a was a a frog or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I'm sure the wicked stepmother didn't. Ben, you would know Cinderella. Cinderella. Well, yeah. yeah, I took time to work on a personal project as a, as a Cinderella podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I see>. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get very Pumpkin far. Cast. Sorry. So, are there any other connections with the by midnight thing? I just thought that was sort of very symbolic. I just think Voldemort you know- looked at his watch and he said, "Oh well." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to give him 30 minutes. That's it. <laughs> is 30 minutes good? Yeah, I think good. Uh, okay, you got till midnight. Well, it is I a gotta very, catch late night with Conan. It is a very common literary device. I mean, midnight. Well, it's <laughs> well, midnight's the end of that day. Yeah. It's pretty much the same. Yeah, After yeah midnight, by the, the stroke of day, midnight. So. I just well, thought also... Voldemort. I just thought Voldemort was too cool to to issue a uh, an ultimatum by midnight. <laughs> I think he's he's cooler than that. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Sorry, Laura. So what would be cooler than that? By seven thirty. <laughs> no, <laughs> get him out here ASAP, or <laughs> get him out here in fifteen minutes. Instead, it's by midnight. Well, see, no, but yeah. see, the thing about Voldemort is he's always done that. Like with uh, with Harry's mom, he gave her a chance. He likes to bargain a little bit. Yeah, true, true, Ben. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about this is um, this gives you a scope as to how long this battle actually lasts, because it does it doesn't end till morning long. and it starts mm-hmm. at midnight. So yeah. you're looking at six or seven hours <laughs> of combat, mm-hmm. which is yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, in the next point we're talking about, you kind of see where the loyalties of most of the Slytherin house lie. Um, in the previous chapter, McGonagall actually told Slughorn that the Slytherin students were going to have to decide which side of this war they were on. And uh, in this scene, Pansy Parkinson stands up and points to Harry and says, well, look, everyone, Harry's there. Just why don't we give him to Voldemort and be done with it? And all three Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Gryffindor houses stand and face towards Pansy and pull their wands out. And I just thought this was a really great contrast to the way the majority of the school was portrayed as being against Harry in Order of the Phoenix, just because next to no one believed that Voldemort had come back. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's kind of hard to not believe him now, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting because he used to be scorned a lot. You know, people would right. make fun of him and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he's really gained a lot of respect from his peers. So yeah. I think really it's a has. transforming moment. That's another way you feel good with the Harry Potter series, too. When, whenever these, these big turnaround moments occur... It's it's mm-hmm. really feel good, you know, like when when yeah, this Umbridge is, yeah, was, this was very one of those uplifting moments that you got right before like the big fight, like how many people that you didn't expect come to your aid. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're not gonna like me saying this, but I think it's gonna be a Uh-oh. cool movie scene. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was afraid to say that because Andrew's right next to me. Well, you know for what? everyone who doesn't know, after we recorded last week, I was like, guys, I feel like there's a lot of movie talking chapter by chapter. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And they all attacked me like, oh, I want to <laughs> So, I well, and you know what? I have to kind of counter that and say it could also be a really cheesy scene yeah, too. If right. they if they shoot it, it wrong, be. they they could really mess it up. <laughs> so I, well, I can I could just see Pansy, you know, say, saying her lines to get Harry into her into him, and then it cuts to a shot of everyone facing the camera, all pointing their wands at the <laughs> camera, and you know, really pointing at Pansy. That would be that would be cool. Well, it's possible they may even just cut that part right there, that that scene too. Yeah, yes. but 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 haven't they? Um, they casted an actual pansy again, haven't they, for the sixth book? Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, then, they did. and since David Yates is doing the next um, two-parter movie, also he may have her in mind to um to be in that scene. And what an appropriate name for pansy! Yeah, this yeah. part of the yeah, that's book. true. Yeah. <laughs> what, a little, what a little pansy! <laughs> I have another word, but this is a G-rated show. Yes, it is. Is it? Hasn't always been in the past. Well, not for but, uh, you, Laura. You, I'll all take your, your curses come it. through loud and clear. <laughs> hey, now that's not my fault. Blame the editor. That's my my fault. I take. Full I think Andrew actually uh, messes up other people's and does his own perfectly, just so everyone else looks worse than him. Yes, I do. I, I tweak every sentence to make sure it sounds perfect. I'm so yeah. well spoken. Once I'm finished yeah. editing, you fans have no idea how how poor terrible his is. this is to yeah. listen to when we're actually recording. Really, it's it's, just yeah, awful. it takes me ten, ten minutes to get a word out. Anyway, let's let's stay on topic here. Uh, the professors organize a battle plan in which the students will be split between the towers and the grounds to defend Hogwarts. Um, and then as the battle begins, Harry's looking desperately for the Horcrux. And this is this is another great movie scene. I mean, you can really... This is another one you really picture in your head because all the kids are running around him. And I really hope... It's a shame Mikey isn't here because Mikey could really, you know, agree with me on this. I really hope they use, like, a very shaky camera while following Harry to show the sort of the craziness that is ensuing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be really good. I just yeah. have this visual of how they're going to, like do these scenes. I just imagine one of those great pans across, you know, the Hogwarts grounds as people are running out of the castle and going into the towers and yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think it'll just be it'll look fantastic. I can't yeah, wait. It will. Um, um so then what happens next? Was I mean, was this a little weird though? I mean, Harry's just standing there and then all of a sudden Professor McGonagall comes up to him and says, Hey, Aren't you supposed to be looking for something? Well, he yeah. had forgotten about it because he couldn't find Ron and Hermione. They just disappeared. He, had, he did get sidetracked, and you know McGonagall just came up behind him and said, "Like, like, dude, what's up? You're supposed to be looking for something." Well, it was good to see this because it shows where Harry's priorities are. Yeah. He hasn't like completely thrown worry about Ron and Hermione out the window. He puts them first, it seems. Well, and it also goes to show that he's finally realized he doesn't have to be in this alone. Because for so long, he just touted on about how, oh, Ron and Hermione can't come with me. I have to do this alone. But in the book, he actually... 
Yeah. He was actually, uh, he, he said something along the lines of he couldn't even focus on trying to find what he needed because he couldn't do it without Ron and Hermione. Yeah, yeah that's true. So it was another one of those good defining moments. Mm-hmm. And actually, after um, after this, he realizes, you know, that Voldemort um, knew that Harry would pick up on the association between the Horcrux and Ravenclaw. So that's why he had... Um, Amicus and what was the other one's name? Electo. Electo. That was why he had Amicus and Electo guarding the Ravenclaw common room. So he runs into Nearly Headless Nick and he asks him to help him find the Ravenclaw ghost. And when he sees her, he notices that she does this weird thing where she sees him looking at her and she tries to escape. She floats through a wall. And he finally gets to her and asks her about the diadem and he finds out um, that she's actually the daughter of Rowena Ravenclaw, which was very interesting. Um, especially considering the story behind it. Well, we also find out about about her relationship with the Bloody Baron, which actually um, explains why he is bloody. Because uh, essentially what happens is Helena Ravenclaw, which is the name of the Grey Lady, uh, stole her mother's diadem and went to Albania with it and hid it in the trunk of a tree. And when she was hiding there, Rowena was on her deathbed, and she sent the Bloody Baron, who had actually been in love with Helena, to come and find her. But when she refused to go with him, he stabbed her and killed her. And when he realized what he'd done, he then killed himself. How do you actually, I mean, how do you do, how does that situation play out? It's an act of passion. Your your mom wants you. No, I'm going to kill you then. <laughs> well, she basically said something along the lines of, um, he couldn't stand how free she was. Something along oh. like he was jealous of her independence, and he was jealous that he couldn't tame it. So he killed her in an act of passion, and then once he came to his senses, he then killed himself. So it was really yeah. interesting, I thought, to hear about the stories behind a couple of more of the Hogwarts ghosts, just because we didn't know about them, and there was some there were some yeah, things really. about the ghosts that weren't clarified. So yeah, yeah. What's interesting is that all the way back in episode 61 on our Halloween episode, we try to figure out just what's with the Bloody Baron and why is he so dot, 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 bloody. Bloody. We also (laughs) asked about the Grey Lady and, you know, so it's kind of interesting that, oh, you know, a hundred episodes later, we're finally discussing their importance in the series, but uh, I just thought I'd throw that in there. So yeah. we were we were thinking about it all the way back in 2006. But yeah. That was a good very timely discussion too, that Halloween ghost. Uh, oh wow, that was a great show. We discussed or debated whether Halloween is a morally and vapid holiday, which encourages delinquency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. and Jamie complained that Halloween's like a bad holiday for whatever reason. He's just jealous because he doesn't celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so moving along, Harry then discovers that she had hidden the diadem in the truck trunk of a tree in Albania and makes a connection, realizing Voldemort had once hidden had once hidden there. He then asks her if she stole the if she told the story to another student, Tom Riddle. And of course she says yes. Because he was very charming. Yeah. And this is just, this chapter is full of so many defining moments yeah. in this book series, I've noticed. Just like, I, I, I know that at least when I was reading the book for the first time, and she said, I hit it in Albania, I was like, oh, shit. And You're you right. Can, and right. you can bleep that. <laughs> but yeah. that was definitely my reaction, so. Yeah. It's like, cripe, you only got till midnight. Running yeah. out of time. <laughs> 
Well, this well, it is wasn't just because. So... Yeah. Go ahead, Micah. No, I mean this is just one of those chapters again, and I understand you got to get to the the point, and you got to find the Horcrux, and you got to destroy it. But th- it all just goes back to you know this is similar to me to how they infiltrated the Ministry, and just things were just a little bit unrealistic in a sense. This this part of the chapter is like, oh, well, he's been at Hogwarts for six years, didn't even know that the Grey Lady was the Ravenclaw house ghost, and then all these things start falling into place out of nowhere. It just seemed mm-hmm. a little bit too easy for me. Well, to be well, fair, how come though... nobody knew? I mean, do you think anyone, even even the, the ghost at Hogwarts, knew she was the daughter of Rowena? Weyla? Well, he asked nearly headless Nick... Who's the Ravenhaw, right? Ravenclaw house ghost, <laughs> um, and he—he's a Gryffindor house ghost, right? But he was almost offended that he, Harry didn't know that it was the Grey Lady, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. I think wasn't he offended that he wanted to ask the Grey Lady and not him? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but I mean, it really wouldn't be that surprising because you can't assume that all the ghosts are of the same vintage, if that makes any sense. Um, obviously, the Grey Lady and the Bloody Baron are, but if Nearly Headless Nick was born hundreds of years after the Grey Lady, who's to say that he would know she was the daughter of Rowena Ravenclaw? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, as soon as we you find out. It- you kind of see, like, oh, well, duh. I mean, it's almost kind of obvious. Well, and in all fairness, too, even though Harry didn't really know the Grey Lady was the ghost of Ravenclaw, the fans did, or at least should have, because Joe did say that at one point, if I do recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Micah, also, I mean, you said it, it, it seemed a little too convenient. I mean, at this point, it doesn't surprise me that Harry can work this all out in, in his head. Because I know what you mean. There was, there was a lot of... Harry just working through all this, but it did all connect, I think. Yeah, it... And I think the big clue was that Voldemort was telling um, Voldemort... Voldemort had two of his Death Eaters um, waiting for Harry in Ravenclaw's uh, common room, so he knew Harry was onto something. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm just referring to the part where, you know... Nobody had seen the diadem in living memory, and then all of a sudden Harry goes, oh, in living memory, I should go talk to a ghost. And it's kind of like the same thing that happened when he sees the gargoyle's head on the floor, and all of a sudden it triggers the whole, you know, statue that he saw in Xenophilius Lovegood's house, and that triggers, you know, the thing that he saw in in Half-Blood Prince when he was hiding the potion book. It was just, I don't know, it was too coincidental. Well, you know, Micah, you're a sports fan, right? I am a sports fan. Did you watch the Lakers Spurs last night? I did. Did you see how in the end how kill, how Kobe Bryant just had that killer instinct and he just went for it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yep. how it makes a man a legend. It does. That's what Harry Potter was doing. He had to he had to figure <laughs> everything out instantly. You know, it had to happen. It had to come to him. He's Harry Potter. Right. He had to come through in the clutch. Otherwise, he wouldn't be Harry right. Potter. Right. Yeah, and this is the Harry Potter series where everything is resolved at the end of the books. So. All right, all right. I'm just trying to create some discussion. <laughs> no, no, no. You brought up very good points, Micah. I'm sorry, and Micah. Ben brought up a very good point too. No, it's no, it's fine. Kobe's a good player. You guys yeah. kiss and make up. We're all good now. We can move on. We're, all good. We're good. So, um, well, I mean, we've been discussing all this after realizing that Voldemort had picked up the diadem. <laughs> 
had picked the diadem up while hiding in Albania. Harry remembers that Voldemort had attempted to get a teaching job at Hogwarts and that he must have brought the diadem back and hidden it, hidden it in the castle then. Of course, you know, this is like we were saying, Harry's making all these connections. And then, who does Harry run into? Voldemort. No. No, oh. I think someone should do the voice. Oh, yes. Hagrid! <laughs> oh. I'm <laughs> waiting for Ben to catch on. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, so I, was, I, was about, I was about to do a Dumbledore, but I don't think you ran into him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, Harry runs into Hagrid. This is... Okay, Micah, I can agree. I can see this is a little convenient, but... Well, um, it's more like Hagrid I, rams into Harry. Yeah. No, but I mean just the timing of it all. It's a very nice coincidence. And also in the book, it's... Um, it's this. Uh, Hagrid is described as running, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him actually run along with Fang and Harry. That should be a pretty <laughs> funny sight. Yeah. So then, of course, this is when Harry realizes, oh, okay, it was the rumor requirement. Voldemort's too stupid to think that nobody else would be using it, that nobody else would discover it. But of course, Harry did, and so well, did many other people. Well, this is the part that I was talking about before. Not not to go too crazy, but all these connections that he starts drawing once he saw the head of the statue of the gargoyle that was lying on the floor. Yeah. No, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but at this point in the game, Harry's in the seventh year. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's seventh year of Hogwarts, and Harry's a smart guy. And when he when maybe he works best under pressure when he knows. He has only so much time to figure everything out. Um, yeah. You know, things just click with him. Well, it's kind of like, you know how there are some people, myself included, who write possibly the best papers they will ever write in their lives when they haven't started them until right. midnight the day before they're due? Right. Right. So, I, I personally, I work best under pressure. Yeah. When I, I'll just work nonstop until, until it's done. Well, it's because we're deadline oriented, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I wanted to bring up in this scene in particular that I thought was kind of cool was J.K. Rowling starting to tie different parts of the story together. For example, you know, he's running down the hall and then he sees Neville with all the mandrakes and, you know, from Chamber of Secrets and then he runs past, uh, or Sir Cadigan is following him throughout the halls and he played mm-hmm. a big role in Prisoner of Azkaban. And then all of a sudden there's Mrs. Norris swiping at a bunch of owls. So I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of cool how she was integrating yeah. all these random <clears throat> things that we had learned about throughout the course of the series. It was a really nice little like reunion before everyone dies kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One last hurrah. We all get together and yeah. tonight we dine in hell. Yeah. Uh, and it, didn't he also see Neville's Gran? Didn't she yeah. also pop up somewhere? Yeah. In there? yeah. And she even said, okay, I'm going to go help out Neville. And we saw Aberforth. I mean, we saw everybody. I mean, yeah. everyone was there. Dumbledore was there, right? If Dumbledore was in this situation, if he was in the middle of the Battle of Hogwarts, what do you think he would say to Harry? Well, I mean, I think he'd have a very good word of advice for him, you know? I mean, that's what Dumbledore does, you know? Yeah. No, but I mean, you know, <laughs> if if we were to get a, a audio representation of it, you know what I mean? Sort of like a impersonation, I guess you could say. It is our choices, Harry. Far more than our abilities to determine what we truly are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Give it up for Molly Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so uh, when, uh, what happens next, Micah? So then Harry runs into Ron and Hermione, who have been in the Chamber of Secrets, um, collecting basilisk fangs to get rid of horcruxes. Now, this is the thing – hold on. Let me cut you off for a second. This is the thing that got a lot of debate. I remember we were talking about this on the summer tour about Ron suddenly being able to speak parcel tongue. And what was the explanation we came up with? He Does remembered remember? what Harry he, said. He had heard now, what Harry said. After yeah. five years, he remembered exactly what Harry said. No, but yeah. didn't, I mean, didn't I mean, Harry you know, okay. speak parcel tongue in the book, too, in book seven? Yes, he did. So it could be that Ron actually remembered what Harry said. Yeah. In the seventh book. And also we learned that Ron is a good mimic because he also mimicked um, Wormtail when they were in Malfoy Manor. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, But I think it was, it was just the thing about having the Parseltown ability. Like, only those with the ability could truly speak it and truly get, say, the Chamber of Secrets to activate. Well, also what we're finding out in this chapter especially is that there's more than one way to kill a Horcrux, too. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. not not only can you get a sword, but you can use fire, you can use a basilisk fang, you can use I mean, it's almost like there's like hundreds of ways to get rid of it. Yeah. After they all establish they need to get to the room of requirement, what happens? Finally, everybody can, you know, put down the gloves on either side of the fight about who was going to get together throughout seven books. Dun, dun, who was it? Oh, is yeah, Aberforth we're all dying and his to goat? Know, Mike. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm looking forward to. No, I'm not even going to say anything because that's no. Got you me. are. You love goats. Is you this going to be a great scene in the movie? <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. So um, they're searching. They're in the room requirement. They're searching for the diadem, and they run into Draco Crab and Goyle. And Harry goes, "Oh, great! Just when I'm about to make a breakthrough, I'm about to get rid of that Horcrux, the last Horcrux." Or at least what I think is the last Horcrux. He doesn't say that. No, he doesn't, but this is what's going through his head. Oh. Suddenly, uh, these three show up, and boy, are they out to kill. Avada Kedavra's curses are flying all over the place, stunning spells, fire. From Crab and Goyle, no less. From yeah. Crab and Goyle, no less. Did this surprise you guys at all? I mean, Crab and Goyle uh, firing these spells. I yeah. think we finally get to hear them talk. Enough. I mean, I guess they finally have come of age, you know? Yeah. Not just that, but then, but then also, it's either Crab or Goyle who says to Draco, uh, "Who cares if we don't bring him uh, into Voldemort alive? You're, you and your father are done for anyway." Yeah. So it's like they're on Draco's side, but they they know he's done for anyway. So why help Draco to the point of well, killing? They, it's, yeah, it's, they, they were always loyal to Draco because of his family and everything, and now they know Draco's nothing. They're like, well, who, who are you to tell us what to do now? You know, we can kick your butt now if we want. Yeah, and Crab also got kind of power-hungry because, you know, like he was saying, he was he didn't care if he killed Harry, even though that wasn't what Voldemort wanted. So, right. Yeah, which would have been real smart on his part. He would have ended up yeah. dying anyway. Well, so. he's not exactly the most intelligent character in the series anyway, so... Yeah, too stupid to live, as we can see, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, so as they're um, as they're duking it out in the Room of Requirement, Crab ends up casting a curse, which we later learned is called 
caffeine fire. And what's interesting about this is it's at first sort of a wall of fire that's chasing after them and it's eating away at the room of requirement. But then it breaks down and turns into this army of like of fiery creatures like dragons, serpents, and chimeras. Um, and their only means of escape is they find a pair of broomsticks and Harry gets on one and Haran and Hermione get on the other. Now, one of my favorite moments from this chapter happens now because as they're flying away, Harry sees Draco and Goyle and they're about to be consumed by the flames. And as Harry dives down to try and save Draco, Ron yells, if we die for them, I'll kill you, Harry. Okay, it's 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 fiend fire. Fiend fire. Fiend fiery. Okay. Yeah, so Laura got it. Yeah, right. and that's an awesome... Is is Ron basically saying that if they, if, if they die trying to kill Crab and Goyle. It's kind of like a double negative, isn't yeah. it? Oh, it, it is. But it's funny because it's essentially Ron saying, you know, these guys have been on our backs for the last seven years. They've right. never given us a break. Yeah. And not only not only are they jerks, but they're on Voldemort's side, and now you're trying to save them. Stop being well, so freaking Well, just a second ago, noble. they were trying to kill them. I mean, yeah. they're the reason why there's fire around them, and then we're going to save their butts? Yeah. yeah. Well, it ends up paying huge dividends uh, in yeah, a couple of does. chapters from now. Yeah. Absolutely. So essentially what happens is Harry grabs Draco and Ron and Hermione take Goyle, but they end up not able to save Crab, so he perishes in the fire. Um, and Ron was really blunt about it, too, because as soon as they escaped, Draco was kind of sniveling and he was, you know, saying, Crab, Crab, where's Crab? And Ron was just like, Crab's dead. Yeah. Which He's gone, was, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit so, brutal. But. So should we play a song for Crab? Does any does anyone have a song in mind for him? I mean, I don't even think he deserves one, quite, mm, quite uh, frankly. He just doesn't have much of a personality, I, you know? Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Well, there you go. So after they get out of the room of requirement, um, Harry sees that was it the diadem that was it was actually bleeding almost. Yeah, it was bleeding yeah. blood out of it, and they're wondering what was going on. And, then, and I think it was Hermione, wasn't it that 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 found out that it it was fiend fire. Yeah. That crab conjured and fiend fi- fiend fiery. I, I really don't know how it's pronounced, but I think it's um, fiend fire. Yeah, Fiendfire um, is is one of the um, the known killers of Horcruxes or something that just happened to be a huge coincidence. Yeah, another one of those. But um, so so now um, the diadem is destroyed, and and again we get back to the whole battle of Hogwarts. Harry realizes what's going on around him, and then all of a sudden there's this huge explosion. Um, after they had met up with Percy and Fred. And uh, I don't even know how to go into this, because this was one of the, the worst death scenes, I thought, in the entire book. Worse in a good way or worse in a bad way? The saddest. Oh, saddest? The, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the most tragic. 
Right. I mean, Hedwood exploding, that was funny, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God! That's terrible! You're You're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Going to hell hell for making fun of a fictional character dying. Okay. An owl. A fictional owl. A fictional owl. (laughs) PETA is going to be calling you in like a couple hours. Who is PETA? PETA. Alright, so Fred Fred dies, and just skipping ahead to chapter 32 real quick. What I thought was the most kind of creepiest of, of this whole death, too, was that you can see Fred laughing... His dead, his dead face is him. I mean, making his last laugh. Oh yeah, you could. Um, what did it say? Um, his last laugh still etched upon his face. So that's got to be kind of scary, seeing your brother, or yeah, your your brother's death, and he's just smiling up at you with this great excitement. But at least he died happy, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get after it got crushed, but yeah. well, at Percy's joke, no less. So then, chapter thirty-two. Just real quick, first sentence. In the Elder One, Chapter Thirty Two, it says the world has ended. So why had the battle not ceased? The castle fallen silent and horror, horror, and every combatant laid down their arms. I'm sorry, it is a sad death, but it, did it feel like the world had ended? Should it really have felt like the world had ended? I mean, so many people were dying already. I just well, isn't that just know. from Harry's perspective? I mean, it is from Harry's perspective. Yeah, because but, the, because the Weasleys have been fighting for him for so please, long yeah, and protecting it was, him. It was like so losing he feels his brother. Responsible. <laughs> yeah, Fred and George have always acted like his big brother, like like the ones who n- not necessarily like his best friend, like like Ron was, but more kind of like the, the guys who are always back you up whenever there was a a problem or something, and. You know, Harry did care for them because he gave him all of his his galleons for the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. So you know he yeah, had yeah. he he saw he saw Fred and George as like two big brothers of his. Yeah. And Fred was always the fun one too. He was the more sarcastic one of the two. So in tribute to Fred, we are going to play "Blinded by the Light." That's so sweet. Aww. And um, that does Aww. conclude uh, this week's chapter by chapter, chapter uh, 31. Next week is 32, The Elder Wand. And, of course, it's time for Quote Quiz. Um, I'm in a temporary recording setup right now, so I can't play the sound effects. But uh, I'll just do it how I how I used to. So um, I'll do this. Guys, he's in a temporary recording setup. Just in case you didn't know, he moved into Southern California. He successfully completed the move. Has the guy's stuff set up yet? So, not trying to make a big deal about it on the show or anything, but it's a temporary recording setup. Anyway, 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 it's time for quote, quote, quiz, 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 quiz. Snape, now I need him. There is a service I require from him. Go. Wow. That's quote quiz this week. Ben, you are going to um. Bring back an old segment you did a while ago. You used to. Um, it's Ben's top ten list. So Ben could only think up a few. So Ben, you you want to start with the ones you have, and then we'll each take turns making up an excuse. No, for you. no, no. You you guys do the first six, and then I'll do the last four. So we'll start with number ten. 
Yeah, and, and the one and you can't use the one that you told me. Alright, that's fine. Alright, Matt number ten. Um he hasn't been on because he's busy at Subway because you get five dollar foot longs. Ooh, good, Ooh, good. Good. That's a very good one. Number nine, Ben has been um spending time at Notre Dame studying very hard. Yeah, Matt beats you. <laughs> it wasn't a joke, it was very serious. I mean it's the truth. Number eight, Laura. <sighs> he doesn't care. Oh, <laughs> That's not I'm true. just kidding, Ben. I- I'm just kidding, Ben. Uh, no- number seven, Micah? Uh, because he was filling out adoption papers as the newest member of the Sparts family. Ooh, snap. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not... I, I, okay, I'm not... I wasn't adopted, really. I just kind of... I don't know. Emerson and I are pals, and we like to collaborate on ideas and such, and so... <laughs> Ben, it's okay to live with Emerson. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to stick up for it. Number six, Matt. Okay, number six. Uh, the reason why is Ben is too busy taking photos of Miss Emma Watson. Uh, number five reason Ben has been away from MuggleCast. He's been trying to search for Wi-Fi driving around Nebraska, but he hasn't had much luck. Yeah, I'm stuck up there. So, and the number four reason. Oh yeah, I've switched book series. I've been busy reading Twilight. <laughs> 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 that was my idea Number for the record. Reason, according to Andrew, I've <laughs> I had, totally uh, didn't see that coming. Personal issues, um, yeah, whatever those are. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> the number two reason I was being held hostage by the pickle pack vultures. <laughs> oh, and gosh. the number one reason I've missed MuggleCast. I lost the battle against childhood obesity. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Aww. That's Just so kidding. tragic. Just kidding. All right, Ben, and for old time's sake, to wrap up the show today, do you, would you like to read The Chicken Soup for the Muggle Castle? Well, you know, you know, Andrew, this has always been my favorite segment. Really? Yes. Sierra F., age 15, is Southampton, Pennsylvania. And she writes, Hey, guys, last month I went, underwent ACL reconstructive surgery in my right knee. Everything went exactly as planned, but I was still in a lot of pain once the anesthesia wore off. For a week following the surgery, it was hard for me, a fairly able-bodied person, to get used to not being able to even walk to the bathroom on my own. At times, it got to be fairly dehumanizing. During my recovery, I didn't go on the computer a lot, but I had saved a lot of episodes of MuggleCast to listen to during this time, and I'm glad I did. In total, I missed about two to three weeks of school, which works out to to a lot of boring days and several sleepless nights. Now, as I'm finishing up the work I missed in studying for finals, I've come down with a horrible cold, making it very hard to talk, breathe, and by extension, sleep. But MuggleCast has helped me relax enough to sleep, even when I felt miserable. This last month has been pretty stressful with everything I've had to do to get caught up at school, and I just wanted to thank you all for helping me through my recovery and providing me with the perfect 90-minute break from the world around me. Pickles, Sierra. Oh, well, that was very sweet. sweet, you know? Yeah. I'm gl- it always makes me happy. It always warms my heart to hear that somebody, you know, can use us, you know, uh, to help get them through, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, no, some absolutely. People, some, you know, some people need – everyone has their own way of escaping. And if you really like Harry Potter, I see how a Harry Potter podcast could, could do that for you. Yep. That's yeah. why we've kept this segment around for so long. Well, I think that does wrap up the show today. We're going to remind everyone about our contact information. Laura, if someone wants to send us some parcel mail, include maybe some uh, late 
birthday gifts for me? What's the P.O. Box? Ooh, I don't know about any birthday gifts, Andrew, oh. but they can send all other parcel mail to P.O. Box 3151, coming Georgia, 30028. Can I also just say thank you to That's everyone? iPod, Zooms, uh, MP3 players, yeah. Xboxes, Playstations, everything. We take it. Can I also just uh, say thank you to everyone who um, left me some birthday messages this week on the voicemail and my email on Facebook. It was very nice seeing all those. Um Oh, Andrew, so did you get you a birthday that. post on MuggleNet? No, I didn't. Nope. I oh did get one gosh. on. I did. I did get one on MuggleCast.com with thank you to thanks to Laura. Oh, dude, dude, I feel like an Aww. ass because I remember it was your birthday too. Like I saw it on Facebook. It's okay. You, you wouldn't forget about me. You should have messaged me. It's okay. Well, all I have to say is I may forget this this year for for you for oh. August. August comes around, I may be a little busy. You know, Andrew. You know, Andrew, an eye for an eye. Just makes the whole world blind. <laughs> what? So, wow, we've yeah. got Gandhi you, on this podcast yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Anyway, back to uh, MuggleCast here. If you would like to call in a voicemail question, comment, or even a listener rebuttal, you can also use. You can always use the MuggleCast hotline. If you're in the United States, you can dial one two eight twenty magic. And a couple people from Canada wanted me to point out that you can use that number in Canada. It's going to cost you a little bit, but um, there are no Canadian numbers on Skype, so you would have to dial that number. <laughs> And it's your parents' bill anyways. There you go. <laughs> if you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020-8144-0677. And if you're in Australia, you can dial 02-8003-5668. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast. Just remember, no matter how you call us, keep your message under 60 seconds and eliminate as much background noise as possible. You can also visit MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form to contact any one of us or just use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. And as always, don't forget about the community outlets of MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Prapper, Last FM, Fan Listing Forums. Follow us on Twitter, dig the show at dig.com, and vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley. Now, also, I just want to do a quick little plug. Um, Matt, Laura, and Lisa, and I have started up a new Twilight website. Isn't that right, Laura? That is right. Well, the site is twilightsource.com, and if you go there currently, we have summaries of each of the books. We have up-to-date news, an entire bio section on Stephanie Meyer, plus an area dedicated to the films but shortly we're looking to have great things like forums fan fiction and even a podcast yes it's 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 gonna be your ultimate source for twilight information just like MuggleNet is your ultimate source it just seems like only yesterday you know we were bashing twilight because we thought it was just a girls yeah and now we're running a website no this does not mean we hate harry potter and we're gonna stop working on MuggleCast or MuggleNet. We're going to be with it just as this much is, as we've always been. This is basically been. just an extra thing Ooh. the four of us want to do in our spare time also. You know, I guess this is the time to tell you that I'm uh, going to be handing in my two weeks. Don't notice. tell me you're a Twihard. <laughs> so visit TwilightSource.com today for all your Twilight information. And that will be one of just a couple plugs we make on the show about Twilight Source. So don't start hating us just because we're plugging our new website. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a great show. Ben, thanks for coming back on. Are we going to uh, see you on again soon? Yeah, you should. I want to come back around. This is the first pre-recorded episode I've done in a while. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, we're, we're coming to you live. And, uh, <laughs> man, yeah. Merch, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, but it's good to be on. It's good to be back. Next time, hope to be a little more... I hope there's some more interesting things to talk about. I mean, this show wasn't boring by any means. I'm just saying... I want something spicy. I want I want uh, a Dumbledore gay revelation. I want, <laughs> <laughs> I want something yeah. really. Well, those are those are once every once in a while, and uh, we just you know gotta wait for them. 
But anyway, thank you everyone for listening this week. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And I'm Matthew Britton. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 148. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How about uh, how about that new Miley Cyrus songs like the last time I freaked out? I-, I was looking down. This is stuttering. Ask me what I'm thinking about. Um, the next time we hang out, my heart will rest still. And whoa, 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 I, 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 can't, I wait. can't wait. See wow, you again. Thank you, again. you guys really uh, know your Miley Cyrus. God, don't you? Andrew, you're Andrew's sh- trying to upstage me. Did you guys see that? No, no, I just got into the moment. I got- He's mad because I got on him for being gullible earlier. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay, so uh, song or not? I, come on. They're going to name their kid Laura. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what if it's a girl? Please don't. They'll name their kid Pickles. <laughs> Pickles, yeah. Uh, that would be a cute name. No, no, no it would It would not. It would not. It would be a gross name. Oh Who are you kidding? <laughs> Who would name their kid Pickles? Come I on, would. Dude. Well, you know, some people name their kids odd things like Apple, so I'm fairly convinced that there are parents out there who hate their children. Yeah, already. Michael Jackson had a kid named Blanket. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Kate... So I came a blanket. Tom Cruise named their oh, kid Surrey. Oh, my Suri. beautiful blanket. That's a nice name. Anyway.